This is the Advanced Selling Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help business sales teams grow their business with modern strategies and philosophies. Now, your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. Hello, Bill Kasky. Hi, Brian Neal here. Back at the Advanced Selling Podcast for in, another episode, another exciting episode. In our studio. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, Bill, turn these freaking sun lamps <laughs> off because I'm sweating. We, in our studio, we've got this backlit for video, and it's really hot, so I'm going to turn these off. Excuse it's me. backlit for audio, I think is what you mean. Uh, I've got an interesting thing. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. Mood setting. Yeah. yeah, we wish everyone was here. too dark now. wish everyone were here. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know if you've ever had new carpet installed in your home. I have. But when they uh, when they do it, you probably are familiar with the drill. And the drill is that the night before, you take all the stuff out of the out of the room that can move, and then the carpet people move the heavy stuff. Uh-huh. But they won't move the heavy stuff if it's full of stuff. So right. China cabinet is the furniture in question. And so uh-huh. night before, Jane says, uh, we got to move all the china out of the china cabinet. Uh-huh. Okay, great. great. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Exactly. So she goes, well, let's start. And Well, I didn't realize how, how big these crevasses, crevices were in the China cabinet. These massive holding bins. I think the Titanic. Stuff. I mean, it, it held a lot of old China. And I, so I picked up one. I said, what, what? I've never seen this before. What is this? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. Be careful with that, Bill. That's my great-grandmother's uh, wedding china. I said, okay, do you plan on using it anytime soon? Or is the only purpose of it to be a workout for me when we change the carpet? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm thinking all this stuff gets passed down generation to generation, and then our kids are going to get it someday, and they're gonna say, Kelly's going to say, what the hell is this old exactly. crap? Again? Yeah, her husband's going to be there. And th- meanwhile, the great-grandmother's up in heaven looking down, like, why the hell are they hanging on to that cheap-ass piece of ceramic <laughs> thing that I bought at the garage sale? I hated that stuff. It's brutal. Funny, funny. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. My daughter, Kel- Carol, will say, let me tell you a story about when my dad moved this. He dropped one, and, <laughs> yeah. and my mom put my dad in a timeout for like six months. That's a good little tool, though, to use. So next time you and Jane kind of get into a little tiff or something, you just go grab the, grab the <laughs> china and say, fly. stop, I'm going to drop it. I'll drop it now. Don't, don't test me. You watch. Don't test me. Okay, a couple things go. from our uh, listeners. We've got some great listeners all over the world. We Mark do. Donaldson says to say hello. He's from Perth, Australia. Hi, Mark. Uh, he's with the uh, Australian Oil and Gas Review, I oh, think. That's, that's his email. That's, that's cool. cool. Uh, we also had a, a really nice email from uh, Martin Madsen, who is one of our ongoing clients. That uh, yep. our client, not client. He's not. A, he's anything but a client. No, he's a listener, <laughs> and we think he's from Denmark with the name Bjorn. Pr- probably, actually, actually, he is from Denmark. <laughs> so he's, I, I saw right it this time. Yeah. That's good. But he says. Uh, I'm in, a, in the digital marketing business. I've been working with a particular perspective from you guys on attach, on detachment and mm. attachment and the whole perspective regarding being a trusted advisor. I'm becoming better at being detached, which provides me with a lot of positive energy, mm. and I'm sure my customers feel it. That's good. And that's one thing that we don't talk too much about is what the, what the vibe is you're giving off to your customers when you're using this content. Yeah, there's no doubt that when you're in this state of detachment, the energy and the vibe that you give off really, really makes the other person drawn to you. Uh, it's attractive, it's collaborative, it takes all the pressure off of them. Um, they are really, I think, enticed by something like that. It's a, it's a very good thing. All yeah. the pressure goes away. Yeah, and you think about it, it's exactly what you want, is you want them attracted to you, yeah. uh, not resistant and repelled by you. Yep. Okay, here's a question from uh, Roland. Uh, I'm sorry, Rolando. I call him Roland. Rolando. Uh, Rolando is from uh, Mexico. Beautiful. And he's been listening to our podcast for over a year, represents a company from Europe in Mexico. Oh, that's interesting. Getting close to a good project, around 500,000 euros. Uh, We are bidding against another European company Uh that's already their current vendor, Mm. which I think is critical for this little exercise. Yep. Customer says you've got a discount 30% to win it. 
because of our better and newer technology, our solution is naturally more expensive. The customer mm-hmm. understands that, but both solutions meet the final customer needs and the minimum specs. Minimum specs. What should I do? So, uh, yeah, can I take a stab? Yeah, Make go ahead. a couple comments yeah. here. One thing is we want to start intergame-wise. So we've got to get Rolando to say, okay, where am I mentally here? And I want Rolando or whoever's deal this is to think about, okay, I'm, I work for a European company in Mexico, wherever that means, you may be getting pressure from afar. They may be saying, gosh, you get this big deal. How are you handling it? And so you feel this need or this desire to want to close some big deal, especially when you're this close on one that you haven't been to um, uh, this close on for a while. So first thing, inner game-wise, you got to reset and say, how okay is Rolando with walking away from this deal? Number one, because his strength that he comes in with inner game-wise is going to determine what comes out of his mouth and what his actions are. Say that again. His uh, strength and his inner game are going to determine what comes out of his mouth and what his actions are. Again? That's profound, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. So that's number one. You've got to get where you are, what's your line. We, we had a saying come up in training a few weeks ago, which I love, which uh, is you've got to find your line. And mentally, you've got to find your line, which means I've got to, at some point, if the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work, and I've got to walk away. You've got to be okay with sleeping well that night if that happens. Mm-hmm. All right? So that's number one piece of advice, I think. Then I move into some more tactical things with a deal like this. The first thing is... It's always interesting to me when someone says, we really see the value, and I think you mentioned they really see the value, but it meets the minimum specs. I first sit back and question minimum specs. Do I want to be aligned with a company whose number one priority is to meet minimum specs? Interesting, too. I wonder if that company, and I think they're maybe an auto manufacturer, Mm -hmm. if they use that in their marketing. We build cars that meet minimum specifications. Mm-hmm. That's probably not a good marketing thing. And I wonder if everyone <laughs> learned about that, what they think not. if they would think about buying that. We buy the highest quality, the best thing we can for our customers. So when someone says, uh, we really like yours, we want you to come down, my question is, why didn't they take the first deal? So if my competitor is at 300,000 euros and I'm at 500,000 and they want me to come down and meet that, my first question to them is to say, how come you even called me back? So why are we still even talking exactly. given, given this massive difference? If they both meet the, the minimum specs and, and they're already in there, it's a heck of a lot easier to choose them over me. Mm-hmm. So why did you even call me back? Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's, to me, the beginning of a new discussion to understand. I could be really negative here and say okay. probably what's going to happen is if you do discount 30%, let's say down to 300000 under Brian's numbers, mm-hmm. then they take that back to the other vendor and say, hey, mm-hmm. you guys are the same here, and yeah. theirs does so much more. We're willing to give up that to buy from you, but we need another 20%. That's right. That's right. That's, that's the way. That's I mean, you've got yeah. that P&G, and I got it at Woods. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're made, that's why you've got to get okay. If you're okay to walk on that, then you walk. Yeah. Now, there's another thing going on. I think he was dealing with purchasing here. He, said. he was, yeah. So this, is the, this is one of the other tough parts. So when we're examining a deal, we say, okay, what do we say, and then what do we do after we've fixed our thinking? Well, the, the doing part to me is critical here because there's some stakeholder in here. Maybe it's an engineering group, a design group, a manufacturing group that probably does care that his solution does more than just the minimum meet the minimum specs. Someone cares. Someone cares. Probably isn't the purchasing agent. Correct. The purchasing agent cares about showing someone that she talked this group down from 500 to 300. Look, look what I did. I just saved us 200,000 euros. Mm-hmm. And we've got to find an interface with the person that cares and sees the value and is willing to write a check for the extra value that Rolando's group brings. Never does the purchasing do the purchasing people care about this. They don't. I, I, ever. Never is a big ever, word. But yeah, it's pretty damn close. Very rarely. Yeah, very, yeah. very rarely do they care about the quality, the extra value, the ease of use, all those sorts of things. Yeah. They're trying to meet their own incentive, which for me, this is like a company blanket statement, is a really bad thing to incent your 
purchasing people on saving money. Right. Makes no sense at all. There's, so, there's more to it going. So that's okay. So someone in the organization cares about the higher specs and yeah. the higher value. The higher value. If you haven't gotten to that person, then it's going to be really hard. Because I think what I read in your message here, and, and this is a typical message we get, what do I say? So the question yeah. is, what do I say to someone to justify my 30% price premium? Uh, I got news for you. Ain't nothing. Nothing. You don't say anything no. to justify anything ever. No. That's right. If it's a $15 item and you're a 50 cents high, you could probably say something like, you know, this is going to help you. But Two hundred grand, or whatever it is, or one hundred fifty thousand. Probably nothing you're going to say. So you have to get out of your mind that there's some kind of magical words. That's right. It's really more of how do you develop rapport with this person in this moment? And I think sometimes you just have to say, and it's very difficult because I'm sure this is a big deal for your company. You even mentioned it here that this is a, could be our largest deal. Yeah, companies. You you have to detach and you have yeah. to say, look. If it were me, Mr. Prospect, and somebody came in 30% less, even if a guy like me comes along and has better stuff, why, why are we still talking? Yeah. I mean, you, you, should, you should pick that up in a heartbeat. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a client that says that. He, you know, they they uh, lease semi-trailers, and sometimes someone will say, well, I got it from such and such for this. And he goes, give him my number. I'll call him myself and lease or rent some from them because that's such a great deal. <laughs> yeah. In this case, I think we, we use this phrase, if, if Rolando's looking for something specific, call the game. Call the game what's going on because yeah, what we yeah. what, what Rolando's mindset is here is he wants to know what do I say to get this person to do the deal with me at my thirty percent premium? That shouldn't be that's bad intent. His intent should be how can I bring value to this company, not just this individual purchasing person, but this company and you know, um, show them and demonstrate my value to someone that actually yeah, cares here. Yeah. So I call that game to say, look, if if you're into um, keeping your current vendor honest then we can do that all day if you want. What, yeah. what, what do you want me to where write do you want down? Me to be? Yeah. yeah. If it, what do you the two ninety nine? You want to get them down to two fifty? That's fine. I get whatever you want. I'll just put it on there and we'll yeah. be done. Yeah. And then uh, go back and no, never means forever. So I can continue a dialogue. Probably not the case though. We had a situation today, and uh, we have a, a program called Masterminds that uh, is a handful of people that get together a couple times a month. It's really a, a good program for mm-hmm. peer group and learning. Yeah. And one of the guys in there says uh, we get all these calls from people who immediately jump to price. Yeah. Like, uh, Jeff, what's your price on uh, 75 uh, pieces of China? Yeah. To, to call, do a callback. <laughs> Great grandmother China. <laughs> um, and, and he says, what do I, how can I convert them? So, they, so they've you know, they spent this money to get people to call in, and then they call in, and as so, suddenly we feel this pressure. Well, we've got to change the topic from money. Well, maybe, but if that's all the person is interested that's in, right. you, sometimes what you do is you have to say, look, I spent this money in marketing. Somebody actually saw it, called me up. That's a win. Whether you get the deal or not, at least now you get their email address. You have a conversation with them. You start to build rapport. Now I know this is not, this is not Rolando's thing because, um, but the, the idea here is to start the relationship. So if you're in a business where people are calling you and you feel this pressure to close on the phone or to to get the conversation off for price, the fact that they called you is a win. Absolutely. They may say, well, I can't take it to the bank if they don't buy, but well, now it's up to you to continue to nurture the relationship. So that the next time they need something, they don't even call 17 people. They call that, you. That's right. That's right. And the experience that they have dealing with you determines if they call if you they call again you and again and again. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Don't be a salesperson in these scenarios. Yeah. Good. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. Listener at com. You can find us there. We are almost done with our book, this email book called Email This. Is that what we're calling it? Email it. Email it. I email this. Where'd that come from? It's a seller's guide to uh, language that you should use on emails, whether it's to a LinkedIn process or to uh, could be a cold email or could be 
How do so I? You want to break email. up with someone? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really a wide variety of things. It's very good for dating. So, all right. Good see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillKasky.com or to iTunes. Thank you.